Please join me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now the main point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary, and the true tent that the Lord, and not any mortal, has set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, hence it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They offer worship in a sanctuary that is a sketch and shadow of the heavenly one. For Moses, when he was about to erect the tent, was warned, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry, and to that degree he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted through better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need to look for a second one. God finds fault with them when he says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and I had no concern for them, says the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. The word of God for the people of God. The children who are here in the sanctuary to come forward and join Pastor James up here. We're going to gather at his feet today. So come on up and sit down. And if you're um, worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. We will hear what Pastor James has to say. Oh, yes, it's communion. So these rails are closed. You got to go around this way. This way. We'll come up here and sit up here. Yeah. Come on up here. Oh, we got a big group today. Hey, Jack. Yeah, good come morning, on up. Good morning. Come on up. Come on. Come on up. I won't bite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll sit right here. Hello. Good morning. I'm turn and face Pastor James. <clears throat> what a wonderful group we have this morning. Thank you all for coming, and thank you all for coming up here. I appreciate it. See how big those feet are. They don't suit these slender steps too well so that's why i ask you to come on up here instead of me meeting you down there i want you to do me a favor have you ever been up this high before 
Well, it's a good place to look back and see who all is here. So I want you to look for your parents and your family and wave to them. Will you do that? And will you wave back to us? Okay. Thank you for doing that. Now, I want you to look one more time to everybody else that's here and wave to them. And you wave back to us. Don't forget the ones in the transepts and the choir and Pastor Stacy over there. Now, you have just waved to all of the people who care a whole lot about you. In fact, we have all together made a promise that we will love you and that we will care for you and that we will teach you and we will help you to live the best life you can patterned after Jesus Christ. So you are fortunate indeed to have all of these people support you. And even when you may not see them because you're in another room or you have visited somebody or you're at school, they are going to be praying for you and loving you and concerned for you that you are living your life very, very well. So the writer of the scriptures that we read today described that as a great cloud of witnesses because they are witnessing your life and trying to help you to grow to be the very best you can in the life of Christ. Let's give a prayer. Thank you, God, for these children, and thank you for their parents and families and for all of their brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers of the church. We're grateful that we are bound together in this relationship in which the writer of Hebrews called the covenant. May we continue to grow in your grace and bless these children as they continue to grow to love you and to care for you and to be the best they can in your life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming. If you're three, four, and five, you'll go this way. And if you're otherwise, you'll return to your parents. Thank you for coming. You have a... You're th okay. Because Pastor Carol didn't give her usual greeting this morning, and in honor of her and all of those who have safely returned with her from the trip, I'd like for us to sing, This Is The Day. So will you repeat after me? This is the day, this is the day that, the Lord has made. that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. And be, glad in it. and be glad in it. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. And be glad in it. Thank you. You should all be in the choir.
In the letter to the Hebrews, there are two covenants that have been depicted by the writer. The one has to do with the covenant bound by the law, which God gave to the people of Israel through Moses. It centered on the sacrifice and the priest who administered the sacrifice. When there was a sin, an animal was sacrificed to the Lord and the sin was to be forgiven. The second covenant is administered by the Lord Jesus Christ, who the writer calls the great high priest because Jesus came from heaven and without sin lived his life. And the sacrifice that was present in that covenant was not only a blood sacrifice, but it was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The priest administered the sacrifice and the sacrifice was the priest himself. And because this was of greater sacrifice, the writer of Hebrews says this covenant supplants the first. Now he lays out a great argument for uh, claiming this, and I won't leave it to you to discover his argument because it is beautifully and well written. So if you haven't read the letter to the Hebrews, please go home and do that. As I have been reading it over and over and over these last several days, I have come to the conclusion that there are three takeaways for me. They are implicit in the writings, not directly explained. And the first has to do with worship. Jesus' commandment of the law was love God and love the neighbor. The writings in the letter to the Hebrew reminds me that God has relentlessly throughout all of the ages pursued us for, to have a covenant relationship with the people that God has called to be his own people. So from the beginning, in every generation, God has sought to be in relationship with us. And in that relationship, which is to be personal and communal and founded in God's love, God has borne the heavier part. As we come together in worship, God wants most for us these things. God wants our attention. God to be in our mind and in our heart. God wants our love. I, I think about worship and what we do here in this beautiful sanctuary with all of the symbols that remind us of God's presence that what we do most is express our love for God. To deep, find deep in our hearts 
the, the response that we have for God who has done so much for us. God wants our love and we want to give our love. And God wants from us, I think, a dedicated will to obey his love in response to ours. We have a part to play on behalf of God in the world. And so we need to follow that will and do God's commandments. The second area in which I take away from the writings in the book of Hebrews is the realm of service. Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor. And Jesus set the example for us in how we should love our neighbor. Jesus' example of service was a healing ministry throughout all of his days in making wholeness of body and wholeness of mind and wholeness of spirit and teaching us about the kingdom of God in which all of us are participants and members. One of the areas in which, as you know, I've had recent opportunity to be service to the Lord is in prison ministry. And I want you to know that not only has it been a great change, I think, in the lives of the those to whom we ministered, but it's also been a difference in my life. It has opened me to the possibility and to the reality that God is everywhere, even behind the walls and the wires of the prisons. Those men come together every Sunday to worship and praise the Lord. And they come with horrible experiences in their past. Experiences that not only affected them, but affected their victims. To have that kind of memory is amazing to me, and yet to come and express their love of God and their worship of God. It says to me that God can love us all unconditionally and in every instance. Another experience of service that has been meaningful to me is with the Sunny Day Club. We meet, they meet together every Monday and they minister to those who have the beginnings of memory loss. And their ministry is not only to those who come and are entertained for three hours with games and exercise and food and fellowship, but it's a meaningful service to the caregivers who have an opportunity to run errands and to have some time to themselves. But the ministry goes beyond that. Because in the doing of this, there is fashioned together a community that is very meaningful to all of the participants, to the volunteers that come from our church and the community, as well as to the members of the club. But there are many opportunities for all of us to find a way to be in service. When the writer was writing to the Hebrews, the occasion was for the, those who had been in Judaism and had converted to Christianity 
were now under con conflict because of their faith. And they were threatening to recant their faith and fall back into the ways of the first covenant rather than to abide in the second and enduring covenant. And so the writer was calling them to stand fast and to hold to their faith. So what was the effect? We don't know for sure, but it's my hope and, and, that, and my rejoicing that the words that the writer was able to give them through this letter enabled them to resist the pressure that was given to them to fall from their faith. So I encourage you and all of us together to find a place where we can be in service and to jump in. I have the belief that we can end war with our prayers and with our presence in those places where there are conflicts. I believe that we can have an ability to end the street crime in our city and in all of the cities if we can muster the courage to be there in those situations. I think we can change hate into compassion if we can pro project ourselves into those situations. We can go, as Jesus said in his command, into the least of these. The third area in which the, I think the writer gives us a direction is in the communion of the saints. Who is in this covenant that the writer talks about? It's all of us. You and me and all of us who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb and who have made our confession to the Lord Jesus and been brought into his family, the church. It's also those who have gone before us, the great cloud of witnesses that he talks about in his letter. It's the unseen, the supporters, the prayers, those who are behind the scenes and yet have faith that things are going to work out and we will be blessed by it all. It, it includes those on the roll whose names we will call today and will light a candle for. It'll be those who come to the table today that has been so wonderfully prepared for us. I encourage you to look around as you come. Look at those who walk beside you down the aisle. Look at those who take a place beside you around this wonderful, wide, and extensive table. Know that they and you are a part of the communion of saints. Feel the presence of Jesus, our host. Look now, the table has been set and awaits our presence. To the glory of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.